It's Give Valiant, and it's time to get Valiant with number 192. I'm not alone. We got yeah. uh, good old Eric back on the in the, the feel of it. How you doing? I'm so happy to be back. I've been away for a little bit. It's been weird, um, and uh, I just had life going on. And, um, like, I was in Kentucky for one of the episodes that I missed. And, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was camping at Mammoth Cave <laughs> National Park, so it was pretty cool. Okay. Um. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I've just been doing stuff, but happy to be here. Get to talk about some Valiant comics. So that'll be really awesome. Nice. Yeah, we got a new day um, trying this out, you know, because life happens for some of us, all of us. And uh, we've got to kind of adjust when life changes a little bit. Dude, but it's glad to have you back, man. And, uh, you know, hope that we can get it working again every day, all the days, all the time. Valiant, it's happening. So on the road to 200. Yeah. Oh my God. I didn't even think about that. Where are we? 192. That's insane, man. 192. As Josh would say, the big 192. The big 192. We're there. We did it. We got to the, the one that we were hoping for, shooting for. It's literally one show at a time these days, guys. Just the way like <laughs> one day at a time. Oh, man. So, yeah. Happy to have you on, dude. Happy to have you back. And uh, everybody who's getting on, make sure you're subscribing, liking, doing all the fun things. And then make sure you're in the chat. You know, we've got a couple people on right now. Make sure you're in that chat, letting us know what you thought of these books uh, going from there. And, uh, yeah, I want to kind of – we got a little bit of stuff to share, but I, I saw a cool darn image today. And we got yeah, some more dude. stuff to have you guys show at the end of the show. So make sure you're not jumping off too early so you can see uh, – some exclusive things, first seen here type of things. So, thanks, Greg. Catching. Speaking of that, yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. Huge thanks to Greg. He hooked us up with an exclusive image that we're gonna get to show everybody. So, really excited to show that. Um, but yeah, this this Ninja cover, uh, this is gonna be the free comic book day cover, right? Can I say that they listened to me when I said get rid of that other one they solicited? <laughs> like, so they listened to Give Valiant. That's been, I mean, Josh and Eric have been saying that since like episode two. Oh, they listen to us. We say it and it happens, right? I mean, they talk, they will bring out Psy Lords and nobody should have listened, but they did. <laughs> no, but um, Punk Mambo. We got Ride Ride. her own series. That was us. That's it. That's all of it. So that, 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 that's Give Valiant. And so we got a new, new cover for new uh new comic or free comic book day and this is beautiful man this is this is this is colin king in his glory with with blonde flowing locks though but good i mean it's so, light brown it's, it's brown. like yeah yeah light brown um i love ninjack ninjack is a great character and uh i think this is a really badass image of ninjack i believe it's tyler kirkham's art correct me if i'm wrong i think you're right yeah yeah and he's a great artist, so this is really awesome. Um, oh, we didn't even talk about this, but speaking of great artists, um, what is that uh, artist that they got there that's doing a cover that they teased about? Dexter? Dexter? Oh, man, I cannot remember. Dexter his Morgan? No, not Dexter Morgan. Um, oh, I feel like an idiot now. I'm looking it up. I'm Googling. 
Anyway, what about it? They Dexter Soy. They teased a Dexter Soy um, Valiant cover. Axel Manowar, I believe it was. It looks oh, like it's going to really? be amazing because his art is bonkers. Dude, that's that's cool. Has he has he? I believe he's done. Has he done Valiant before? No, no. Oh, really? Okay. And Greg was Greg was uh, showing us that they had teased a little little snippet of it. We didn't get to see any more than anybody else, but um, yeah, that the full cover is coming in the upcoming solicits. Yeah. That's gonna be really cool. I was really excited for that, and his art is so amazing. So I hope he does more with Valiant. Just thought of that because Tyler Kirkham is such a great artist, another artist that I always want to see more from with Valiant. Um, yeah, and it's just cool to see such amazing art. That's one thing I want to talk about with the issues we talk about today. Um, it's always great when we have, like, it's one thing about a comic book is that no matter how good or bad the story is, if you have really good art, it's at least fun to look at the pages and read through the book for the art. Right. You know? So, like, that's always, I think it's a lot harder for writing to save a, a book with bad art than it is for art to save a book with, with mediocre writing. Because art can lift a lot, do a lot of the legwork. Right. Well, when you really look at art into its fullest, right, if the script is really good and you're getting good scenery, you're getting good storytelling within the art, right? So much of the art is is the story itself. It should be, right? The rest of it should be dialogue, right? And so that's that's what's where a good artist can really make a writer look better. And a writer that's doing a really good script can make an artist look better if they're kind of giving them a good direction. Um, and then sometimes when that's the collaboration of it, which is one reason why I love comics is that collaboration that happens um, yeah. because it's, it is tying in a story where somebody's got an image and then they're portraying it over. I mean, it, it, it's, it's pretty damn cool. I, uh, I dig it and I'm all, yeah, I, I, I like the today's art. Um, but yeah, so I mean, but Valiant News, Ninjax come in in a month. Uh, Shadow Man's been phenomenal. And um yeah, I think it's time for one of these real quick. And I didn't do it over Eric's voice. This is a spoiler alert. <laughs> so, <laughs> spoiler, spoiler. We're going yeah, to spoil some things because there's a lot of spoilery things to talk about today with issue number five and then issue number six. So I think we got some really cool stuff to talk about on this. So if you haven't read this, um, it may not be it was gonna be some things were a surprise some things um that weren't revealed were a surprise i guess to say um that there wasn't more into it but ultimately when we look at this book let's give up number four, five some credit i mean we had uh paul levitt's doing it so lee did the art ulysses Ariola, simon bolin uh man carpina did the a cover Casper Wingard did the uh, B cover. I'm not sure who did the other one, um, but these all looked really, really good. Uh, covers looked sharp. Yeah, I, that's one thing that the visitor has been super consistent on is that it has the whole series has had amazing covers. Like character design's been phenomenal. Yeah, the character design is amazing, and it really lends itself to amazing cover work. Um, like some of them that are like just the head look really, really cool. Um, 
Yeah, there's there's a lot going on in this book. Um, so starting with issue number five, I felt like this issue was a lot of like, it felt like a lot of exposition. Like it started out with exposition at the beginning, kind of reminding everybody what's come before, what's already happened in the previous issues and how we got to where we are in the story. And then the whole issue just kind of felt like I was being told the story more than experiencing the story, if that makes sense. So that was probably the biggest complaint that I had about issue number five. Yeah. You know, it's hard. I guess it's comparative. I guess when you pull it up, because I read both of them back to back. And when you put up MJ Kim, I mean, um, I'm not familiar with Soli, um, but MJ Kim, I felt like did a phenomenal job. And, and I do think that the issue number five had some good art, but I just don't think it was quite on, you know what I mean? It was like, you're talking like good to great or, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, there was some images like, like one here in the center on the right panel that's up. It's the faces are very, you know, I know faces can be hard when you're at a distance, but that doesn't seem, that seems like it's more in the foreground. Um, I don't know. The images were okay, but yeah, it did seem like a lot of like, let's catch you up. But I mean, the last book came out like over a year and a half ago. So it makes sense that we had to kind of get caught up into some form or fashion in that way. And, um, you know, and, and I think it had to do it because it had to it had to kind of have a resolve. And it if it would have went slower and it gave a little bit more, I think we would have had a, two more issues or whatnot. So this could have been easily like an eight issue series. Um, but I think we needed to get some of this data, some of this information out um, that was kind of revealed in this one. So I don't think that this had all of the tells that were in there besides the visitor who basically uh, informs, um, forget the detective, informs her that who he is, who he's from the future, and there's bad stuff happening and why he's coming. Um, and kind of lets her kind of stay right there on that. So, And then I get kind of confused. I think the next big parts happen all in issue number six. So, Yeah, I think that you made a really good point. Um as far as the art goes, like the art in this issue is far from bad. It's actually good art. Right. However, when you've had four previous issues of MJ Kim and you know that you, in like you, I read this issue and issue six back to back. I waited till I had both of them to read them. And going from this issue to MJ Kim, yeah, when you go from good to at the top of the game, great, it's a really hard comparison to make. Like the, the, small little things that usually wouldn't stand out as being bad in the in a in a you know a page end up becoming glaring when compared to how flawlessly perfect MJ Kim executes every single panel on every single page. So I think that there was just that 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 difference, you know, like if every issue of this book had been done by the same artist, you know, like it wouldn't you wouldn't notice that. Like you wouldn't notice like the the um, that the art was, you know, lacking in any way because, you know, this issue five is not, a, like I said, it's not bad art, but, you know, MJ Kim is just a master. And I think that the art in issue six was, you know, return to what we had seen in the previous issues. And it's just absolutely phenomenal. Um, but again, I mean, it's really hard to say that stuff because I don't want to take away from the art in issue five and pretend like it's not good because it really is. I want to stress that it's just, 
it's so much better in issue six that you know I think MJ Kim just really knocks it out of the park. And um, that's one that that's an interesting move to get a different artist, especially when we had time to actually change it out, right? Like, why did MJ Kim not do this one? I probably was ready for the print back in 2019. Is probably my assumption. But when there was such a gap, you know what I mean? It was kind of a jarring change, and it makes me, you know, I don't, I guess not pay for another artist to do this issue. But when you have five to six issues and one of them's different, and it, and it's not a change in timeline, it's not a, a change in, you know what I mean, character and, and point of view. It's still all in the same point of view, same reference. Um, makes me, you know, it's like, guys, come on, get MJ Kim to do it while you had that time gap that was there to kind of cover it up. Um, but it is what it is. I, you know, that's just, that's kind of like a nitpicky thing. Yeah. Um, but again, it, it was good. Um, just was like, say MJ Kim's just at that level. And that's saying a lot more about MJ Kim than it is saying anything bad about the other. Yeah. Um, so for me, like I said, I think that the negatives on this issue were really just that it felt like a lot of exposition. And I don't even just mean like getting us caught up to where things, you know, everything that happened in the previous issues. I just mean like everything that happened in this issue felt like it was being told to me. You know, like all the characters were like telling us what um, they were doing and why they were doing it. And it, it didn't feel like it was being naturally revealed through the story. So like, this issue felt a little bit clunky on the writing. That was my biggest complaint, um, I think, on this issue. Um, I can hear what you're saying, too, because it seemed like the first four issues were a little bit more, like, underhanded, right? They, they were a little bit more, like, they were holding their cards a little closer to their vest. And then it's like, okay, now we're telling you it all. You know, I, I dug the narration of the, vis- the visitor. I thought the, the narration of the visitor was good because it – gets you to kind of uncover the visitor as you were going a little bit more, a little bit more information, a little bit more information in issue number four, we kind of revealed that his, his partner um, that he was paired with cause he's, you know, positronic was, um, was killed. And so it gives you that motivation, that motive of why the visitor's there. So we got that in the issue prior. And so it makes sense to bring in that character's dialogue, but I get what you're saying. It was, you know, to a degree, the the mustache twirler. Let me tell you my grand scheme. Yes, very much so. I really felt like that was a little heavy-handed. Because yeah, exactly like you said, the previous issues were all so understated. It felt like a mystery book in those first four issues, mm-hmm. and then a little bit got revealed as we got toward the end of issue four. And then we come into issue five, and it just feels like an info dump. Like, okay, now we're going to tell you everything that's going on, and. That made this feel like the weakest issue of the series writing-wise. Um, so it's a little bit tough for me to like know how to score this. There were some funny moments, actually, the page that you put up on the screen. Um, I thought it was funny when he's like falling out of the tree and stuff. Like I thought that was kind of cool, and the art was really good. That looks, I think the coloring really lifts the art. Is that really what it is? He's falling out of a tree? I could not quite catch it, to be honest. Yeah, because I think like the next page, he's like laying on the back. Oh, okay. Back on the ground because he's like the trees. The trees in this timeline or, or the trees in this time of, of the earth aren't uh, uh, sturdy enough or something like that. I don't remember the exact wording, but he's basically complaining that um, the trees weren't strong enough to hold him because he's a positron. Um, it just looked weird because there's this like action motion in the left panel, and then in the center panel, it's now on the right. So it was like I thought something like shot out at him. So that just kind of clarity of the art. I couldn't really read the panels and what happened there. 
Yeah, I took it as he was jumping from one side of, one side of the tree line over that road to the other side, the tree line on the other side of the road. And then he's like grabbing a branch and it breaks and he falls. Oh, okay, okay. That may okay, because I couldn't make out that what that necessarily was, but that, that makes sense. Okay, cool. Yeah. So and I thought it was a funny moment. Um, I, I thought it was you know a, a cute little thing that happened. Yeah. Um, and like it's kind of endearing to the character. So like not everything like like I said, my my complaints are relatively minor. Um, it's not huge problems that I have with this issue. I do think it was good. Um, I do think, though, like I said before, that this is probably the weakest issue in the series, um, but it's still a good issue. Um, I would probably, just because I do want to talk about issue six, so I'm going to just score this. I'd probably give it like a... <sighs> letter grades. Let's go high school letter grades. High school letter grades? Yeah. Let's change it up. Oh, my God. That's tough. I was thinking numbers. High school letter grades. So... It's not an A plus. This is. Oh, this is solidly in that B to B plus range for me. Yeah, I I, I think I would sit that right at a B. You know what I mean, like eighty three percent. You know what I mean, if you're looking at it. So, definitely, uh, you know, a, a, a solid issue number four, not or issue number five, not conclusion. The issue up to a conclusion. Um, to kind of get you anticipated for, hey, there's some stuff that's going to be revealed next uh, next issue. So yeah, I'm going to get right there, and uh, I'll get like I said, I'll get I'll, I'll go with you on a B. So um, I do think this issue was um, where we got that one moment where the one uh, character whose name I cannot think of got strangled or basically strangled himself. The nephew, yeah, but revealed himself to be no, no. That the guy that strangled the nephew. Yes, yes, and so that's uh we're spoiling issue number six now, guys. Make oh, sure did that happen? Got... Did he get killed in issue number six? I thought he got. I killed think in he issue got five. killed, but he didn't really reveal who he was until issue number six. Well, he said Doctor Silk in issue number five. I'm pretty sure. And then, and like, either way, he said it during these two books, and so that was one of the big reveals. Uh, yeah. One of the big spoilers is. The guy who keeps wearing the red scarf, um, Doctor Silk. So that yeah. was one of the big, re- big reveals. And uh, there's a cool epilogue at the end of this. It's awesome. So yeah, yeah. I thought that was really cool um, that this tie back into Doctor Silk because I think that's a really, really cool character that we don't see enough of, especially in the modern Valiant or like the the present day Valiant line. So having that tied into this book, I thought I thought felt really cool, and it made it. You know, something we've harped on a lot in the past is, you know, how important it is for, um, I, uh, I agree. Dog, that was her name, how important it is for the universe to feel interconnected and bringing Dr. Silk into this really made that, that connection to there's a wider value universe and felt really awesome. So I thought that was really cool to do that. Um, and I was really happy with that. Um, I do want to say that art team, MJ Kim and Ulysses Ariola, just absolutely phenomenal just such a such a great team they work so well together i i would absolutely read more books done um with mj kim's lines and and ariola's um colors absolutely and again some phenomenal covers some great pinups of uh the visitor for sure on here um and then yeah mj kim I, i mean you just see this art and it's 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 damn damn good um 
and we and yeah. So I mean, the visitor gets the turn here. He's now he's now no longer the heel. He's they know that he's actually in for the good. Um, and then the uh, the characters that I believe uh, the uh, detective, I think it was that uh, that's changed. So yeah. Yeah, that cool moment when she like takes over the helicopter and the pilot is just like, wait a minute, why is why are you working with the guy we've been hunting this whole time or hiding from? And the guy we've been protecting is the one you're going after. She's like, ah, it's it's my big one. <laughs> it's kind of good during the in the middle of it, right? To have that that sense of humor was great. Um, and then just this guy's power though, to take her over to start shooting or to att- attempt to shoot herself. Um, well, some some damn good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and a hundred percent agree with this too. The miniseries is far better than Savage, and the art was better than the previews on the upcoming Ninjack. Yes, um, um, but yeah, I, I think we got some cool pages, especially these MJ Kim pages. Oh, these, yeah. There's too many good ones too. So, see, that was actually a moment. So that right there at the beginning of um, issue six. Uh, it kind of re- rehashes a scene that's right at the beginning or right at the end of issue five. And I felt like the way it was drawn in panel in the end of issue five was a little bit clunky. And then you get MJ Kim come in and show basically the same scene at the beginning of this issue. And it was like, that looks fucking cool. Yeah. Like that to me was like just one of those moments where it's not only like the execution and the rendering of the lines, it's like picking the angles, you know, like you're, the artist in the comic book is like you know the cinematographer. The cinematographer. <laughs> Jinx. Yeah. So yeah. like. Yeah. It um. It that to me like made such a huge difference in in this issue versus the previous issue. Again, not that I'm talking down on was her name Su Lee, whatever the previous artist was. Um, MJ Kim is just so phenomenal that it it just it really steps up the the enjoyment of reading the issue. I felt like this was really good. Um, and like I said, we got that huge info dump in issue five. So it felt like issue six was able to flow a lot more naturally mm-hmm. and everything just kind of uh, went and it just felt more smooth. Um, so I, I, I really enjoyed this issue a lot. Seeing Dauber um, get to be a badass was really cool. She's like flying a helicopter. She's, you know, she's kicking stuff and she's... You know what was actually really cool in 5, though? Is when the visitor basically let her, let her read his mind by having her having oh. some computer tech in her. That was actually a really cool part in issue number 5. And it kind of carries totally over. Right. So it was really cool that he was able to transfer, you know, what he knows on New Japan. Uh, spoiler alert. And what's happening there with Father. So that's the goal is to get a father yeah. to stop father to stop New Japan um, and kind of run from there. Yeah, um, I thought it was cool that he was able to like uh, Vulcan mind meld with her. Basically, um, that was a really cool moment for them, and that led to the end of this issue. I think it was one of the epilogue pages where he's like touching her shoulder. He's like, maybe you could be my new person. Or I'll just go be my own person, and he takes off. And I thought that was <laughs> you. You know, I, I I dig that, right? And so I mean, really, this there's not really a spoiler of who the visitor is, right? It's uh, he wasn't, you know, Rye. He wasn't, you know, um, Pete. Pete yeah, Pete Stanchek. He 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 wasn't, you know, somebody from you know 
an existing. It was that was kind of the weird. But the the part that played out is we got to see who the visitor was, or the visitor. We got to see who father actually was. We got to see who Silk. You know what I mean? Where Silk came from, um, and kind of like the the technology, the design, where kind of New Japan kind of came from. Um, sadly, the visitor seemed like it was unsuccessful. So it it, it and I like the end of it. It actually says the beginning. And so yeah. it left a lot of opportunities for lots of places to grow as a good miniseries um, and these characters to grow because you know that they're going other places. And it's really um, the beginning of the Rise story, right? It's the beginning of, of New Japan. Yeah, and they showed that like killing that character who was the father of father wasn't the end of father. Like that, that there was still enough people and enough of the AI left over that they were going to be able to still create father. And so like, I think it would be really interesting to see, you know, a a further story. And if we could get another story in this line where it's, you know, these characters, including Dr. Silk and the scientists is still working on father. I think you could get some really cool, like, proto-Rai action going on because you still have the Positron in The Visitor. You have um, this lady who is like mostly human but has machine parts. You have, you know, the budding AI that's being developed. You have Dr. Silk who is always a crazy character. Like, I just think that there's so many like cool elements there that the right writer could come in and make something really, really awesome from it. Yeah. You know, and the the thing about this, you look at this as the whole series, they gave little clues, right? I mean, I think we all speculated that it's New Japan, it's father. I think that was kind of what we all speculated. But I almost wish that they would have given a little bit more concrete clues throughout the book as so much as to put them all in five and six. Yeah, Um, They were clues, but I, I wanted a little bit more concrete into it to have like a little bit more revealed, you know what I mean, concretely. In each issue, and maybe have a, each a reveal more so in every issue, um, but ultimately, like it, it, it was good. I, I know that there was times during four, it was kind of like, okay, we we want to see a little bit more. We we wanted a little bit more of that by five I, or four. I I think if we go back, you might hear that in some of the prior episodes. And um, but as I I want to read this as a trade. I want to read this all together. I think it will read better in in, in a trade format in a full arc. Um, I really do think it would read a lot better. And um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed issue six. I thought issue six was great, and I'm sad that it took us this long to get it. But I'm glad we finally got it. Yeah, I think that um, you know having MJ Kim come back in, having Ulysses Ariola doing the colors. Um, having all of that info dump that happened in issue five out of the way so issue six could flow. I just think that there were a lot of elements that that worked together to make this a really good issue. There were some awesome character moments, like we said, between, you know, like at the end between Dobbin and the visitor, we had um, Dr. Silk kind of getting revealed uh, more concretely. We had, um, you know, just so many of these cool moments. And um, so there's there's action in this book. There's heart in this book. there's intrigue, there's mystery, and there's, you know, the ominous, like, what could possibly come next stuff that happens at the end that just makes it really interesting and intriguing, and it does make me curious, you know, if we'll if we'll ever get some more, because I think that there's more ground that we could cover that would be really interesting. Right. Right. And, and I guess, 
I mean, that's a conversation after this book, I guess, is to kind of go with this next couple questions I have. Um, but ultimately, when you look at issue number six, I mean, I, I give this, you know, to me, I give it a, a good um, oh, B plus A minus, like 90%. I think it was good. I think it was solid. Um, and then I overlook at the story, and I think it started a little slow at times in the first couple issues. Um, but still, I'm going to be given this uh, overall. This is a, a good solid 85% a B. So it's a passing grade for me. So I think this issue is a, a solid, solid A minus. Like I felt like issue five was on the cost between B and B plus, And I feel like this is right in that A minus range. Like it is an A, but it's not, you know, like it's not um, at the top tier necessary. It's not a secret weapons, unfortunately. It's not a the Valiant. However, right. it is really good. And I think overall that puts the entire series for me in that B plus range. I think that there are some problems that I have with this series. I don't think it's the, you know, again, it's not the best thing the Valiant has ever done, but not everything they can do can be the best thing they've ever done. So I think this solidly fits in the line of what they've done. I think it's a solid addition to the lore of the Valiant universe, the modern day, present day Valiant universe. Um, and I think it's definitely something worth reading. And again, like, even if you don't love the writing in this book, which I do think the writing is solid, there's a lot to enjoy. Even if you don't, you know, other than that one issue that was done by a good, competent artist, the rest of the book is done by probably one of my favorites, which is MJ Kim, because yeah. she is just absolutely phenomenal, panel to panel, page to page. It's just so, so well done and well rendered that, I, I mean, you can't help but love reading this comic just to get to enjoy that art. Yeah. One, one of the challenges I had with this book was really getting the characters' voices, right? Sure. That, that was one of the challenges. I, I, it seemed all rolling into one. You know, uh, the whole group, you know, just, I don't know, it's hard to kind of capture their voices. And so that, that, that made it difficult for me. Um, but yeah, and, and like you said, they all can't be perfect because if they all were, it would take away from the ones that really were on standing out. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I think this is a solid book. I think it is a solid book. I'm glad it's a part of the Valiant canon. Yeah. And again, I, I would be happy to see these. You know, I think that, um, you know, Sean kind of put it like, um, you know, these characters exist and it wouldn't be the worst thing if they came back. But we also got Dr. Silk, which would be a really interesting character to see more from in the modern day Valiant universe. Yeah, because he he he's, he ha in all the books that he showed up on. I mean, you guys are they're talking about it in here about that he showed up on Unity, um, that he showed up in uh, throughout Matt Kent's Rye series as well, and it really I believe that he's been in quite a bit, um, but he's always had this like familiarity with the villains or with the the heroes, right? With the Valiant, you know. Um, and so I think that's what makes it interesting is we need to get that where where that familiarity came to knowing these guys really was. So that's one of the things that I would look forward to. And that was kind of one of my questions that I had for you guys on the chat and here is would you want another one of these if it took up one of the if, – even if we went to three books a week, would you want this to take up one of the three when that leaves Bloodshot still on the shelf, or leaves Exo Manowar still on the shelf, and we have The Visitor – Shadow Man and Ninjak. You know what I mean? Would 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 that be 
Would you rather have it that you know what I mean? I guess it's just that question because it does seem like you can only have two, you know, which two do you want? And that I guess that's the hard part of it is when there's all these toys to play with and you have so little uh, filled or room to put them in. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really tough call. And I don't envy the people at Valiant who have to make that decision between, you know, what characters are we going to push to the forefront? What characters are we going to create and and shine a spotlight on that haven't been seen before? And what characters are we going to come back to that already have an established fan base? And, like, how do you balance all of that without going stale? Or, you know, like, you you can't just do the tried and true characters because then your line becomes stale. You can't just do the brand new characters because then your your already established fan base is going to lose interest because they're not seeing their favorites. You know, so riding that line and, and, and finding that balance has to be really difficult to do. So, like I said, I don't envy the people who have to make those decisions. I just hope that, you know, we get decisions made that give us good books. Um, mm-hmm. I really think, um, oh, one of the things that I loved about the way Dr. Silva was portrayed in this was that a lot of times he's the mustache twirling villain. And I felt like it was really cool that he kind of was a side character in this story even up to the end where he was pulling strings that no one saw him pulling and even after all is revealed it's hard to like point to like exactly like oh okay like he was really in the forefront of these actions or whatever the case is and i think that like i thought that was really cool a cool way to use him as a character where he's he's allowing everyone around him to think that they're making more decisions and he's, you know, silently pulling the strings and he's silently influencing people around him to go the direction that he wants them to, as opposed to, you know, being the major driving force that's at the forefront of whatever villainy is taking place in the comic book. Right. Yeah. So I thought, I thought he was used well. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, yeah, I, I do think that Ninja or Ninja <laughs> Silk was used really well, um, and then just some some data on the father was cool. So, um, and I do hope we get him, and I do hope that we get to see him in some Rice series. I do hope we get to see him in some more current day, like you said. Um, I think that would be, I'd be awesome. Sold. Yeah. One thing we know is that there have been countless iterations of Dr. Silk, right? Like there have to have been for him to have been around as long as he ends up being around by the year 4001, 4002. So like knowing that there have been that many iterations, he's lived and died that almost as many times as the Eternal Warrior. I'd love to see more of that, you know, kind of like we had um, in the Labyrinth story from Wrath of the Eternal Warrior, where what was the villain's name in that? Endless One or something like that? I can't remember. And Wrath of the Oh God! Uh, in the labyrinth, Josh would know what I'm talking about. Yeah, um, the guy that had two different color eyes. Um, and uh, took different people's bodies. I think like seeing a story with you know the visitor and Dobbin and having Silk be the villain, but being several villains throughout the course of the story, I think that would be really really cool to see. I think there's a lot that could be done there to where like they don't even realize as the story progresses that these threats that keep coming at them are all Dr. Silk. You know what I mean? Right. That would be really cool. I think there's a ton of places that they can run with that. So 
100%. Yep. Absolutely. Well, there is one thing that we've been – the undying one. There you go. Undying thank one. You. Yes. Thank you, Scott. That's what it was. I knew I knew I was close, but not quite there. The undying one was a really cool villain. Shout out to Robert Menditti for the amazing work he did at Valiant uh, between Exile Manoir and Eternal Warrior and uh, Book of Death. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, some amazing, amazing stories told there. Um, and, and that was one thing I was kind of hoping with this little uh, the uh, the visitor is that it could have some tie into Spylock. Um, you know what I mean? One of the first Spylocks, because we know Spylocks have kind of been passed down um, within that. So that was a good call, too. 100%. Well, and then what Sean had said earlier, if the this Positron, the visitor, could hook up with Ninjak, teach him about Father and Spylock. Absolutely. And then that, and then that could lead to the create, like have it be like a, a feedback loop where a character from the future who knows about the existence of Spylock comes back and helps Ninjak create the the origin of Spylock and, you know, have it go from there. Like, I think that's a really interesting concept that could be explored really well by the right writing, you know, by the right creative team. So definitely a lot of, like, I think one of the things that this book does the best is it publishes a lot of really interesting questions that give future writers, whether it's Paul Levitz or somebody else coming in and picking up some of these threads, like there are a lot of really interesting questions posed here that the right creative team could turn into some amazing stories. Absolutely. So and that I think is a huge win in and of itself. Like that alone is a great thing to for a, a mini series to have added to the Valley universe. Yep. Well, do we want to get into kind of that special thing we're going to throw, throw out? Oh my God. I'm so stoked for this. Like I have been such a, so can I just say what it is? Can I, can we just say what, what we're talking about here? <laughs> of course not, you can, Eric. <laughs> you're not going to let me say what it is. Um, so Greg being the super awesome, cool dude that he is, even with as crazy busy as he has been, hooked us up with a special image that we get to show, which is a page from an upcoming comic. And it's from an upcoming comic that I'm super, super excited about. I was not here to talk about Shadow Man number two. However, I did really enjoy that book. I think it's doing a lot of really interesting things. The female character that we saw at the end of um, issue one kind of shows up again in issue two. I'm really interested to see where that goes. So I'm really excited for issue number three. And here we have a page from issue number three. Look at that Ooh. art. Dude, and it's it's Shadow Man, 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 Shadow Man. Like, dude, John Davis Hunt is not taking a single panel off. And the thing is so solid and consistent. Single panel. And so there's so much to look at within this. It looks like it's just Shadow Man in red when you look at it. But, I mean, you're getting, you know, it looks like Baron Samedi in that alleyway, the hands pulling them and dragging them up. Um, and then you just get the character design of of Jack, which is, like, they were talking about that. And that was actually in the back of this book, I believe, was John Davis Hunt interview that I got to read on one yeah. of those. And it was talking about, like, that him moving in the, the spirit of, the like, the shadows is that, like, smoke flame, black smoke flames that are with Shadow Man, and it's a really cool character design, 
and it really kind of it it doesn't change him but it changes him but it it, it sticks to it it's really well done what i think is so cool about the way that john davis hunt is doing shadow man and i think it's displayed really well on this page is we have this like lifeless emotionless version of shadow man's face and yet somehow john davis hunt is able to draw a wide range of emotions onto that face like i think that's a really cool juxtaposition that it's like skeletal and emotionless yet very emotive and expressive absolutely and and that that's i think that was kind of the fun part about reading that interview if you get a chance to read the back of that book um with that interview and he says you know that's one of his enjoyment is actually writing or drawing shadow man because he is getting the 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 ability to basically you know have him the face have affect the face to have emote and really build that i think it's that and it shows a lot in these panels just the things that he's going through there you know anger you know pissed off you know just intimidation it's and then fear or whatnot in the bottom it, it really does play a great piece um i'm excited for more to shadow man to come i'm really hoping that we get a lot more of the uh the dark you know shadow man dead side um dead characters like punk mambo i'm it's just give me more shadow man all the way around so yeah i mean we spent a lot of time talking up how great mj kim is and i think john davis hunt is right up there as one of those artists who uh, is great at the cinematography aspect, you know, picking the angles and the panels um, and exactly what's going to be portrayed in each panel and then also executing it. <laughs> and Scott, yeah, that's a good point. In issue two, he's like, I'm still, I think I'm going to punch him. I, I want to see that happen. Hopefully we get that moment uh, where Shadow Man finally has had enough and hauls off it. But of course, knowing Samedi, like, he'll have a trick up his sleeve where he'll end up working to his favor. So, who knows? Maybe that wouldn't be in Jack's best interest to punch him, but I still think it would be a fun panel, a fun page to see. Well, I mean, you think about it, like back in the day in high school, some of your best friends were guys you punched in the face. And so <laughs> maybe they could figure out how to make that work of like, hey, I needed that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it, maybe we could smack some synth into Samedi. But <laughs> if, he has, if he hasn't had it this long, it's not going to happen. And, uh, you know, Baron's going to be Baron. And, uh, yeah, it's 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 fascinating, fascinating book. Um, and then we also got to see a couple images. We don't have them here, sorry, because those weren't exclusive. Of uh, of some uh, Javier Polito's art from uh, Ninjak to coming. So again, I'm really hoping that Jeff Parker brings it. I've liked Jeff Parker. Is he's done? I thought he did really good. Double O Seven. So it makes sense that Ninjak would be his kind of character to run with. And um, maybe we'll, you know. Yeah, maybe the art will grow. Maybe the story will work within it. Um, I do like some of the layouts. I'll give it that. The layouts look quite entertaining and interesting. And sometimes the reserve of art of being so simplistic is actually really difficult at times. So, um, you know. yeah, you know, we've seen that there are action-packed pages coming from the Ninjak book. So even if the art isn't my favorite person, you know, my personal top favorite style, you know, which I love the Miko Swayans of the world and Louis LaRosa's and Jim Lee and, you know, um, Brett Booth and like these, you know, really detailed artists. Um, you know, even if we're not getting that from Javier Polito, if we're getting a well-written action-packed comic, 
I still think I can enjoy it. So Absolutely. I'm still looking forward to seeing what Ninjak's all about, this new Ninjak story and where it goes. And, um, you know, and then what else is coming down the road? Because we still know we're getting the Harbinger. Um, we know that more Exo Manoir is coming. Yep. Um, you know, gotten a couple little hints that there may be some, you know, bloodshot down the road. Not necessarily this year, but hopefully next year, you know, things work out well. We may get to see that. I don't know, obviously, but yeah. Um, There's I'm, been I'm conversation back in the day of Archer and Armstrong returning. Um, so that is something that I would love to see. I'm well, well, well overdue on that. Um, I would assume there's going to be something faith because, you know, that's, you know, they're kind of, I feel like there's a push for faith, um, you know, so hopefully shadow man goes for a while. Hopefully we get to get some more Dan Abnett and some eternal warrior or Rye yeah. or Dan Abnett and something would be phenomenal. Um, and then we could still have a couple more here and there. So I'm hoping that, you know, the world's opening back up. The rumor has it that, uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks, there's going to be no more masks again. And, um, or, you know, plus some places probably still have it, but they're opening back up uh, concerts. I bought a concert ticket today for the future. I'm really excited for that. Nice. So that makes me happy. So got some football coming up soon. So yeah. So that, that, that's the part that I'm excited for. So. Yeah. Um, you know, when cons come back and we can get together and, you know, enjoy our love of, of comic books with uh, other people who also have that same passion. Um, that's all going to be awesome. And, you know, meet and converse with artists that we're fans of. And, you know, um, yeah, I just, there's, I think there's a lot to look forward to. Um, I hope that we see the line expand sooner rather than later. Obviously that's a matter for the higher ups at Valiant to determine what's the correct move there, but, you know, um, hopefully we do see an expansion of the line at some point and it leads to, you know, uh, the ability to do things like the visitor that have new un, unseen, unbefore, you know, never before seen characters and also, you know, bring back our favorites and have Exo Man War on the shelf and Bloodshot and, um, you know, be able to pick up a, a Ninjak or an Eternal Warrior comic book or Faith or whatever the case may be. Like, you know, we, we definitely want to be able to see all those awesome fan favorite characters and also have space for the the new ideas that uh, new talent bring to the company. So hopefully as, uh, you know, the world opens back up and uh, cons start rolling in and people start uh, getting more excited about spending their their uh, their money on comic books every week. You know, we see more of that and um, get that expansion of the value universe that we're all, you know, holding our breath for. Yep. Yeah, and hopefully we can uh, figure out how to get you over to Rose City Comic Con. I think you would enjoy it and have a blast. Um, cause the moose is going to be there. Josh is going to be there. I'm going to be there. The only thing missing is you, um, and everybody else that's on the chat, Scott, um, you know, get you, get, get you over there. Let's Sean get Sean there. over there. Let's get everybody together. Let's have a good time. Um, everybody let's rock and roll, uh, Rose city comic con. That'll be fun. Um, and hopefully we get some more books. Hopefully we get some news, some panels and some creators to show up there. Like you said, world's opening back up. Um, I hope everybody keeps safe still. And uh, kind of, yeah, hope everybody keeps safe. Hope things like yeah, that happen. Safe, healthy, getting together, having fun. All those things at the same time. Yeah, and, and I'm right there too. I don't really see A&E as goofball comedy. 
I think, you know, especially in the 2012, I think at times it was very well intelligent goofball. Like it was some goof, but it was like, it was very well intelligent and it was really uncovering the mysteries of the world. I, I don't know. I, I dig it. And I think really when you look at that book, it was one of the most important books that tied in so much of the universe. You had an eternal brother, right? You had a Sayat, right? And and then you had just the corruption and the big sex, the sex, sect, not sex, sect. And ah, I just, yeah. And it was, it was fun. It was good. And then you had, you know, the, um, you know, Archer with, with faith, you know, there was just, there was so much fun there, dude. And then Armstrong is just perfect humor and just, it was a heartfelt buddy duo, you know, and that, and, and not as goofball as quantum and Woody um, goofballs great for some, but like, I felt like it, it did a good job of getting goofy. It was goofy, but it wasn't goofball. The so I'm duo. happy to be the odd man out here. I think that Ray for Roberts take on ANA is the best I've ever read. Like I really, really enjoyed his style and flavor for those characters. I thought it was really well done. Um, I will admit that he could also probably write a really fun, goofy quantum and Woody story, but I do think that he, um, I really enjoyed what he did with ANA. Oh, I do think of Gub Davey that that was, yeah, I do think that that was goofball, but I feel like when I think of the heart of ANA, I don't feel it as being that over slapstick. So that's, I mean, my heart of what I believe ANA should be. Yeah. No, and I think that there's a lot of love for the, like, the Van Linty run of ANA, and I definitely respect that. That's just not my personal favorite version of ANA. I really like the Rafer Roberts style. You you did like it? That was your favorite? I loved, I loved the Rafer Roberts version of ANA. I think that was, that was, for me, that was the best version of ANA. Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked both of them. I I, I enjoyed Venditti's. That I thought that was Venditti's some of Venditti's best work, to be honest, um, that I liked. But uh, either way, I like it. So bring it back, and uh, we can run from there. Well, it was a fun show, man. We got to finally get the visitor. Thank you, Valiant, for finally getting us that. I'm glad you yeah. owned up to that and paid true on that. So. Yeah, I'm really glad that that got delivered. We got to read the rest of the story. We got to see how you know things kind of wrapped up. And if we hadn't gotten these last two issues, we would have never known that Dr. Silk was even in it. So I'm really glad that we got to see that get revealed. And, um, you know, like I said, uh, the best thing that I think this uh, visitor run adds to the universe is the questions that it asks the future writers can come in and try to build on and, um, you know, add more uh, to the tapestry that is the Valiant Cannon. It's more on the play field. I like it. It has more, more, more toys to play with, so... Yes, yes, absolutely. Awesome. Dude, Eric, good to see you again, man. Glad you're back. Yeah, same same to you. I'm, I'm happy to be back. It's always good to see you and chat with you, and uh, hopefully uh, it's not you know a long time before we do it again. 193 is coming up soon, so oh, y'all yeah. out there, uh, be valiant, stay valiant. You know, Get valiant first, and then stay valiant. Do those things. Later. <laughs>